Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Caravan 13 podcast, where I waffled for five minutes and then caused the cleric to break by trying to record. Um, I was going to cold open with a really cool opening, but I just couldn't do it. And then I actually was about to do it, and the cleric went and coughed really loud. So I guess we'll do this part first. Um, some sad news. Because Shay in the story is kind of dead, we had Chad roll up a new character. Chad, would you like to explain who you're role-playing? Yeah, I'm uh, playing Gorek the Little Tusk. Fuck, I'm not going to be able to do that voice for long, but I got to do it. Oh, no, no, I'm you've already broken. No, you've already broken. You're, you, don't, you are not legally required at all. I know. Uh, he is a half-orc ranger. We'll get into his backstory later. Yeah, we don't have to worry about backstory right now. And now for the elephant in the room. Last episode, Brandon made a joke about, oh, I sat in a chair and I died. Well, we had three months to think about it, and we thought that was ultimately a spectacular idea. Brandon, who are you role-playing right now? I am playing Quinris, the um, half-elf draconic sorcerer. Nice. So there's no, well, there's still an orc in the party, but it's no longer an orc cleric. Uh, now that we've gotten this out of the way, why don't we skip to Lugash's exit stage right? Ready, everybody? Yes, sir. By royal decree of the Holy See of Arcturus, we have come to a divine decision. Lugash, the orc cleric, has been charged with the highest form of heresy. He has consorted with a heretic god and spread its filth in our kingdom. Upon this, we sent our most shall we say, boisterous prosecutor in his stead to test him. It was then we found out through even the most questionable of inquisitions. We found no trace of heresy, though his questionable taint still remained. It is by thus our verdict decrees he be exiled permanently to the great lands of the north where he may wander and remake his life anew. The crowd kind of angry shouts as Lugash sits in his chair. He finds himself spared and yet ultimately confined to a life of solitude and isolation for the rest of his life. Until I say otherwise. <laughs> okay, you can laugh, everybody. It's fine. Yeah. So... Lugash is then sent back in chains with several of the divine prosecutors from Arcturus and is brought to be never to be seen again. Car. That sounded really close. For some reason, I thought somebody had their phone on. Anyway, what we have now is a conundrum. Vareed, you're sitting in your prison cell when you hear, like, the the rumblings of some it sounds like a crowd is very angry when a voice enters your mind it merely says i'm sorry old friend my promise might take a little while to be delivered you recognize it to be his excellency you have a chance to respond mentally one line 12 words 
what you can. Got a few more? That, that, that is it. I've been <coughs> prisoner for months. No, no, no. This is this starts your imprisonment for months. Spoiler alert. Doing the Uncle Iroh shit where he's just working out the entire time. Okay. And so, Parda, at this moment, you have been caroused by the magistrate, and they've basically offered you a deal. Help us crack down on illegal drug usage in the kingdom, and we'll give you a cut. They're still going to keep you locked up in a rock wall room because we can't have you touching organic shit. But that's okay. They give you moon dust. You're happy. So now comes the really awkward part where we skip ahead several months because the, the public has a very ill-begotten view of Caravan 13. Wow, four months and two seconds. Isn't it great? Vareed has been spending this time, he, so we figured was a, a, uh, a smart idea. He's been in the arena, been honing his craft. His fighting style has changed. He now has horns fully grown. He even has a mild, like a pretty sizable beard going on. Not quite actual IRL Mac, but definitely like an appreciable beard. Give it another month. Right, give it another month. Shay is still missing from several months ago. The, her whereabouts are unknown. The leads have all but dried up. And Parda is now a narc fully fledged. But so did we explain what happened with her or no? <coughs> no, which is perfectly fine. That, that perfectly works because last we knew, Shay was considered dead slash missing and in four months, I've just explained, nobody knows where she is. Don't worry, guys. It's totally part of my plan to resolve that whole thing. You're going to love it. <laughs> now, as you might have heard, Chad is playing a half-orc ranger. I almost said half-elf-orc ranger, but it's fine. And we have a half-elf draconic sorcerer. I'm going to introduce them, hopefully in a couple minutes, when all the story makes sense. Vareed, you are perhaps not quite in the arena today. You are in your cell, which has now been lined with several trophies from your conquests in the arena. You've earned quite a few battle scars. Your right horn has a single gash from your last fight. You're still freshly cut, still. One of their blades nicked you in a way that you haven't felt in a long time. And in this morning, as you hear the birds chirping at night, just barely before dawn, a single knock, that was two knocks, at your prison door. It opens. Would you like to say anything to whoever's opening the door? Who it's goes there? For, Housekeeping? No, we're gonna, we're gonna, there we go. See, there was my one joke. It's time. You've been summoned. He wasn't joking. Come on. He throws you a robe. Put it on. Follow me. You see down the hall is Parda sitting with a robe of her own. You see around her ankle is like a little moonstone 
charm. And you notice she has um, a small wand in her pocket. The two of you leave the prison area at the bottom of the prosecutor's office before you go up about a dozen floors and you make a right into a small janitor's closet. We're going to wait five seconds while the uh, scene changes. You leave the janitor's closet and find yourself in a completely different building now because that's how DMing works. You're now in the magistrate's building, specifically the Grand Library. There are several uh, just sorcerers and things and the like, wizards. You see the, the librarians all doing their job. You see books floating between shelves. However, in one little desk in particular, you see a small robed figure sitting what looks to be in a small gray cone in a room full of color and tomes. He's got books stacked high, two feather pens working. You recognize it to be a half-elf. Quinris, what are you researching in the Grand Library? I am researching um, different kinds of You see several people, two robed figures and a prosecutor, approach you from outside of your cone of silence where you're working. They slide you a note, and it merely reads, you have been summoned. You know what the note is about, as you were told about this particular thing happening several moons ago. You just were waiting for the call. What do you bring with you, uh, as far as books go? Is there any particular, maybe tomes of, like, is there a specific mystical item that perhaps you're researching that you'd like to bring with you? Um, like, um, a, what is it, one of those, um, circlets, circlets of, like, um, knowledge and mystics. Okay. So you're looking for, like, uh, like, Sort of I, like I King wanna, Arthur's I crown gain and stuff. More knowledge. I just my, my goal yeah. was to constantly gain more magical knowledge. I understand. <clears throat> Sounds like somebody's chasing after the Grand Librarian. But we'll get into that. You all kind of are brought back through, and you step into one of the newly made teleporters, and you find yourselves at the edge of town, leaning against one of the eaves of a tree a single black boot dangling. And above, a ranger with a, wee a reed whistle in his mouth. That's fine. <coughs> the ranger drops down at the edge of town. And just Hello. It's time. No time to get comfortable. Your chariot awaits. A small rundown shoddy wagon with two nags of horses sit behind a slightly rotted tree. No time to explain. Get on. One of you's driving. It's not my job to get you not out of here. All right, the girl. The horses know where they're going, but in case you're attacked, 
You all seem fairly capable. I didn't see you. And you all certainly never saw me. May your travels be well. He turns around and walks back towards the gate and he just goes, and he walks in. He almost like walks across the moat and through the wooden gate. There's enough seating for six of you. There's only four of you, so you got plenty of room in the back to stretch your legs. The drivers, who's driving with Parda? All right, Quinris. Quinris and Parda are going to take driver's seat. That means uh, Vareed and uh, Gorak. 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 Okay. It's the weird way. Okay, that's fine. As long as I know it's Gorak, that's fine. Um, you two are going to be in the back. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves, or are you all going to be your slightly edgy selves and go, F this noise. I'm getting taxied somewhere. I don't even know where. But my guy's just going to read. <laughs> cool, you're going to be that guy. Uh, Wait, you're a milk. Uh-oh. Your ears are bigger than mine. That reminds me. How old are you, Quinris? What would, um, for a half-elf, what would kind of, like, in the later years, not middle-aged, but middle past that for me? Jesus, how old are you? About to say, they do age a little bit faster than regular elves, if I remember right. Wait, it, like... With, like, the ratio, like... I wish I could check. What's your... Like, which... how, how old is Parda? Parda's a full-blooded elf. She's 150. <laughs> yeah. What would 150 well, be, like, for a half-elf death? That's why I'm looking... I want to say you live to maybe You live over 100. I, I was going to say 150, maybe, is your lifespan? 150? Is your, like, is, like, dead for you. Sorry, I figured I would ask a question. I didn't know he didn't have this prepared, so we're going to move on to Vareed. Vareed, are you going to ask your half-elf, com- or not half-elf, your half-orc compatriot a question if at all? If is dead, I'll say I'm about 60. Fair enough. So, about middle-aged. While Chad flips through the book, Vareed, anything? Uh, however often exceed, they exceed 180 years, but they usually live to about 180. So, so I, I would say... Uh, um, 70? Yeah, 70, 75. Okay. You look old for an elf. Wait, you're a half-elf and your ears are bigger than mine? <laughs> My apologies. Oh, didn't know demon came on. What did you call me? It's a big difference between a demon and a tiefling. A demon would kill you right now. I refrain from that. Apologies. Three, you're gonna let me touch the horns one of these days, yeah? Apologies, no. <laughs> I don't know what voice I'm going with <laughs> And Chad's broken character already. I know, I lost it. <laughs> it's okay, you'll find it. I know. Is that everything? Um, yeah. <laughs> Unless he's going to say Okay, so um, you find the horses. Parda's really got the reins for an illusion's sake. The horses know exactly where they're going. Vareed, perhaps you'd like to give me a spot check. Hello? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said my shit. Ah, fine. 
First <laughs> gap of the podcast, go to fucking Vereen. Woo! What is it? Was it me? 11 plus is spot check uh, in. Yes. Then 16. Nice. You notice by the rear wagon wheel on your right, you're, I'll assume you're sitting on the right side being driven. Mm-hmm. By the rear right wagon, you notice carved in like some, some, some magical ink. You notice a small 13 on it. <laughs> you notice a small 13 etched by the right rear wheel. I'd like to try something. Please. I would like to try to summon my sword. Dice. <laughs> DM didn't have his dice out. <clears throat> it was a 20. <laughs> Is that good or bad for me? You're about to find out. I haven't decided yet. <laughs> but it was a 20. Wow, y'all are in for a shit night now. If the DM rolled a 20 on his first roll, oh, the games have begun. I'm going to put it this way, Mac. What were your what were your intentions with the sword? You tried to call out to it. Were you just be like, sword, fuck. Try to grab it and nothing happened? Like, what's the, what's the intent with calling it? Are you seeing if, like, you can feel its presence? What's the, uh, what's the intent here? I am trying to call an extension of myself back to myself because I haven't. The, the sword's an extension of my body. Exactly. At this point, it's a. It was attuned to you. You know. You okay? I will put it this way, Mac. You have always, when yeah, when last you saw the sword, you saw was in His Excellency's care in that magic bag. For your character's sake, even though it was in that bag, you could feel it. You could always feel the presence of that sword in your heart. Right now in the open wilderness, as the horses are driving you to your destination, as you're basically like calling upon yourself, you can feel the sword reacting, Mm -hmm. but you know wherever it is at, it cannot leave. Mm -hmm. But you know it's different than that magic bag. With the magic bag, even if you tried, it was just like grabbing something that wasn't there. You could feel it, but it just was never coming. This feels like whatever has it won't let it leave. But it's not negative. Mm-hmm. You know it's responding. It wants to come, but something prevents it. Okay. You do know another thing, because this is a 20 and I'm willing to be generous. You know that the horses are going towards your sword. Wherever it is, for good or ill, you're going to get your sword. Remember, you guys are all basically in plain clothes. You you've got like your black boots for all intents. You guys have your gear. These two do not. However, they're both mages. They don't need swords. Circle of the moon. Would I have a staff? Actually, uh, you might have a staff. You might have a wand. I, I'll do a staff. If that's okay. Sure. I was about to say he is an old guy, so walking stick makes sense too. Staff slash walking. He's not that old. 70? Out of 180? Yeah. He's so, like, I'm he's a 40, age. he's a 40 year old in human years. All right, yeah. I mean, I know plenty of 30 year olds who need a cane, but that's not because of their age. <coughs> All right. So the horses guide you through this particularly 
dreary back alley of woods. This is the, like, the road was never paved. This is a road that isn't even really a road. You notice there's some grass that occasionally is moved by secret wagons. This is the black market trail of forest roads. The, cl- the further you guys get away from the castle and the towns in general, you, you guys notice that there's this pinkish yellow hue that kind of goes around the city in the midst of a black blue sky. Yeah. And so, and it's not the sunrise. It's specifically only around the town. Literally, it's almost like just a color shift in the horizon. And amidst the uh, the swaying trees, you you hear something like waves, and like a sudden swath of seawater hits your nose, though you're clearly inland. Parda. Give me a nature check. She got a nat 16. Beautiful. I'll take it right off the gate. Sarah, you recognize, I mean, it doesn't take a genius for this, but you know with your druidic senses, something is different. There shouldn't be any salty smell in the air around here for any natural reasons. And you know that having been in the castle town, you actually know this Maybe not this area so well, but you've been outside of town more frequently. You know there's no body of seawater near here. But so we can assume my character would know too. Since yeah. Since his favorite land is forests and grasslands. Right. But for different reasons. She yeah. can, like, she feels the energies and stuff. She knows this is very odd. The Quivers know anything about that? you might this is more about her druidic thing this is tapping in her oh, druid. Okay. like she she the where i was going with that was you can sense ocean energy you feel the pull of the ocean here i mean it's kind of odd or it's not really odd your circle of the moon the tide the moons all kind of together i would almost say that your character would be more you would have a natural curiosity with oceans as well as forest just because of that tie maybe not that's my take on it but i do know that you are loud maybe do we want to close the that's up to you guys the air conditioning is not working yeah i was so gonna say that but if we close it like it's, it's gonna get like it's this, already right, pretty this temperature high. right now is like perfect cool okay we'll just deal with people being able to shout into our D podcast it's fine so Mm, you'd be surprised with these. Anyway. Yeah, Parda, I would say right now your druid senses are picking up like heavy forest vibes. You're definitely feeling all of the uh, the grasslands, but there's a really strong ocean presence in the middle of all of that that's kind of curious to you. Sure. If that's how your character wants to see that. Did she say that out loud? Did your character? I don't know, Sarah, did you? I didn't see a... That's fine. Did So, so for so, for this, did you say that, like... Did, because I'm right next to you, so did I... Did you say that out loud? Okay. Hmm. Possible. Any strange things in the air? Clop, 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 clop. 
Sorry, I'm just imitating. No, no, no. Sorry, it's the mic's picking up really bad. What? Nothing. Okay. Oh yeah. No. We'll say for about five minutes, you guys are traveling on before uh, party. You start like the forest energy goes away, and is now predominantly dominated by that uh, that salt water energy. That really almost like you kind of like now you're getting like a hint of barnacle in your nose I will let you guys know, like, this is definitely not a sight thing. This is a sensory thing. Like, you guys are being surrounded by forest, and yet you guys are being assaulted by, like, coastal vibes. But even though you... me sensing it, I'm wondering if they're starting to see anything. You would be able to see it just as well, actually. You have dark... You have true dark vision. You're pretty good. I think me and her are the only ones with true dark vision. Does he have true? He is part elf. He does have... I think his, his is only, like, 30 feet. You guys have 60 no, feet. I have 60 feet. Wow, okay, you guys really? are just... He, um, yeah, half elf man. Dark vision. <laughs> yeah, that's a rare thing. Hey! Wow, didn't, they didn't, didn't take light then. Right? <laughs> Nobody needs it. Oh, I mean, you guys need... Um, you might need it for non-magical darkness. Press the digitation. That's fine. Press the digitation. The worst spell in the book. So, <laughs> you find that the horse has come to a dead stop. Clop, <laughs> clop, done. And they whinny. They're not going anywhere. You try to like move the reins, they are firm. And oh. you're kind of in the middle of nowhere. And you can still faintly feel the breeze of the ocean, even in the midst of the trees. How are we gonna proceed? I uh, hop out of the wagon. Okay. I start petting the horses. Go I climb down and look ahead, try to see if there's any indication of where we're supposed to go. Okay. Okay, so let's see. Parta, you're petting the horses, right? Mm -hmm. Perchance, do you have commune with animals? I do. You've ever wanted to talk to a horse while you're out in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> Absolutely. Especially drive people nuts. Do I have to roll for that? No. You will use one of your spells, though. Mm -hmm. So, you're, do you have a particular horse, left horse, right horse? Left horse. He looks more battered. Fair enough. So, what are you going to say to the horse? Are you right there? Water. Water? Need water. Oh, I have an ice spell, but not a water spell. Other elf, do you have a water spell? Only water breathing. I'd like to point out this whole time she's like, "Oh yeah," and you just hear <laughs> like nays and I actually almost picture if worse comes to worse, I can just cast tongues and understand her. True. I almost picture she's making horse noises and it's making horse noises back and it's just Honestly, like, what's going as on? An elf, I, that's probably I'm like okay. He's probably um, seen it before. Sure, uh, I've read about it. That's for sure. Right. <laughs> well, you're half elf. We can assume you've maybe seen other elves or druids doing it. May I check the wagon to see if we have supplies? You don't. Oh, so no water for the horses? No water for the horses. 
Maybe you want to ask where they took you. Where are we? And we can try to find some water. No water nearby. No water. Smells like water, but no water nearby. It certainly does smell like water. Have you been here before? Only once. Only once. And what happened then? I saw two men go behind the tree over there, and he swings his head towards a particular patch of trees. I saw them walk into the stump and disappear. The trunk, I should say. Out towards the trunk stump. Ricardo, what's the horse saying? That two men walked over there and disappeared. I walk into the stump. So you, you, so Carta starts going towards the trees. Uh, you follow Quinris. You, you've got your head in your book, but perhaps you notice. I'm still wearing. I'm, I'll just kind of. Okay. Gorak. Uh, I just start following, reading them. Carta, you come across two trees that are slightly that are aging slightly faster, perhaps, than the other trees around them by by your call about 120 years. Comparatively, they're, they're definitely at a different age cycle where all the other trees are beginning to. Um, they're in the midst of reblooming. These ones are firmly in like fall. Mm. They've got that, those orange and yellow leaves compared to the newly bloomed like leaflets. You know, that is starting to look a little more possible. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. For so, the love of all that is holy, please don't let this, this go back to that damn dimension. Oh. <gasps> Which dimension? No. But that had... <laughs> and, I, and I take a step. <laughs> He's already used it once, and I don't think he realized it. What? It's a teleportation spell. So, Korak so, doesn't know that. <laughs> so, um, good old Vareed, you're going to just attempt to nine and three quarters this tree. Yes, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> Unstoppable force meets immovable object. Conk! Mm. Can I just cast Detect Magic? Actually, <laughs> Bereed, give me a bear hug on the tree. Just give me a strength check. <laughs> 21. As you wrap your arms around it, you find that the left side of your arm is being pulled into the tree, near one of an open knot, basically. <laughs> This way, guys, and I, I go sideways into it. You kind of watch as he gets flubbered, kind of. Like, it just slowly... Like, feet first, kind of awkward. Before I follow, can I pull up my giant ice nose and give it to the horses? The ice what? The giant ice nose. Ice nose? This is from the Santa Claus episode. No, that didn't happen. Yes, you can pull out your ice nose. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> My, you are going to be very intriguing. 
the horse gallops, trots. You just hear him go, They gave us food, Quincy! The elven girl gave us food, Quincy! They bear, and it just keeps filling. Like, they keep eating it, and the nose keeps getting back to normal. They're just trotting in place, all happy. Please don't go! Winnie, 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 Winnie. <laughs> I shall name you Chestnut, and I will call upon you next time I'm in this dimension. Chestnut's literally gray. I still want to call you Chestnut. Okay. okay. That's fine. Okay. More like water, Chestnut. You yeah. are. Get it, water, very, Chestnut. Yeah, you're going to be very, very interesting. I would like to point out that Vareed's been in a portal this whole time. Vareed's just already on the other end. <laughs> Vareed, since the other three are busy watching a two horses eat a giant nose out of ice, you find yourself invariably carried through a tree and out onto a set of dry docks, arm burst. And I jump it up. Honestly, I was picturing what happens is Gorak sees this, just mind blows, blocks him, just goes behind him right after him. <laughs> I'll join. I'll, I'll make sure that, you know, she goes. That's fair. She probably just gave the horse like, bye, everybody. Bye. Backwards. Literally just, <laughs> my people need me. I must go. <laughs> so, Vareed, you... Oh, what the H? You're on a set of dry docks, and you see a rather esteemed galleon, a true flagship of a royal navy, sitting, uh, being loaded by a bunch of squabs, and just, you know, the general help Mm -hmm. of a galleon. You see people walking around. They've got, like, you know, large brass collars around their necks, some of them as high as their chin. You've got others that are, they've got some like long thigh length capes, or not capes, but some like loincloths. Mm-hmm. And they're all just lifting stuff by like the shoulder load, prepping this boat for launch. Mm-hmm. What? Ship. Ship. Do I see the guy that, the, the guy that is just like directing everything? You definitely orders. see the, the site foreman. You oh. definitely see the quote unquote site foreman. The, what would the, uh, the bosun, I guess? Yeah. You'd see the bosun. There would be the captain. There's the captain, the, the, then there's the bosun. The boatsman. Yeah, captain, first mate, bosun. Whatever. And then the rest of the hierarchy. Um, as you get up and you feel like you need to degoop, but there's no degooping needed, but it's that odd sensation of teleportation across vast realms. Magic. Magic. Oh, that's weird. Anyway, sorry. That weird moment when you're like messing with your ear and you feel your ear go... It's so good. Anyway... Uh, you see the rest of them kind of follow in a rather odd pursuit. Like, Gorak, I like to imagine, didn't try to step in chest first. He took a single foot, so he wound up doing like a half split into a new dimension. 
So he kind of approaches doing a half Michael Jackson. I just I did it with the feet first so I could keep reading as I just go through the portal. Yep. So he comes out like... And Pardo looks like she's oh. coming out like a fairy. <laughs> Somehow just a little bit of pixie dust comes out behind her. That's moon dust. <laughs> um, Vareed, you've gone to talk to the bosun, correct? Yep. You just hear him shouting scallywags, bilge rats, and all kinds of pirate speak. You want to eat in the morning, maggots? You better move that. Look at you. You've got fucking bilge in your teeth. All of you, move. Come on. He's basically the Gordon Ramsay of pirate ships. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you call that a knot. <laughs> Gordon. So you you see him directing traffic. What's your uh, what's your thing, Green? I I walk up to him and I say, "You summoned me." Uh, something something. Bill dress scallywags. Who the fuck are you? Oh wait a second. Uh, no, Cotton. <laughs> Cotton. There's people here. What are you doing loafing around? You see him crack out a bullwhip and starts beating some poor dude's ass who's just not working hard enough. He literally, like, his whole train of thought, he's so used to, like, beating these lower, uh, like, lower people <laughs> the that, that some random robed dude who doesn't belong to the crew just started talking to him and he was like, do I beat you? Do I yell at you? You're not part of the crew. Fuck, I can't handle you. Captain! <laughs> you find that... A rather well-dressed for a pirate gentleman comes down, and he's got the the little bandana knit tied around his head. He's got, like, a red and brown shirt. He's got the frilly collar, because of course he does. They all, actually, new addendum, they all have brass little plates and then a really big frilly collar. Just because he can. Just because. I want a theme here. All right, and at this point, though, I... No, yeah. you're all grouping, yes, yes. Okay. I did say you all came in. Vareed was just ahead of you guys, so now the first mate's coming down to meet all of you wonderful people. He's just our spokesperson. He's the toughest and the scariest and the meanest <laughs> and the leanest, all of the above. And Tara takes the moment to feel up a horn that... Why doesn't I just picture she's somehow floating when she does that, too? I would not recommend that. But we've known that for quite a while, haven't we, Vareed? Only a hundred and something years. Exactly. I've been waiting for those to grow. Either way, <laughs> glancing over the grower, not a shower comment. Composure, everyone. Why do we get the most big jokes out of her? Because it's her job and you're her boyfriend. So, what we have is a gentleman who's watching a small elven girl stroke an adult tiefling's horn, maybe seductively, maybe curiously. Yes. An elf with a book and an orc. Half orc, but he looked like an orc, so it's fine. Yeah, he's the stereotypical green skin, so yeah, he probably does. Alright. Who are you? Parda. 
Do you have any horses on this ship? He looks like he's about to like answer every one of your questions with the most sarcastic tone. But then Vareed made a clicking noise, so he immediately switches to somebody who might actually have an answer. Did you request reinforcements from His Excellency? No. Although, he pulls out an envelope and you immediately recognize the royal seal. Mm -hmm. I do have this letter from my captain that says we're going to have some company on this trip. Where are you headed? He like leans in real cool, like close to you. If you're looking for a pleasure cruise, you'll not I find it I asked where here. we're going. Math isn't be comfortable. No. That way. The ocean. That's where we be going. If I knew where, I can't read. <laughs> it reads, Esteemed gentlemen of the Crimson Flag, you are going to have four illustrious guests on your next voyage across the Eastern Oceans. I trust you will take good care of them. If you do not, you will have to answer to a power much higher than my coin purse. Please understand that I make good on my promises. With my regards, His Excellency. <laughs> Answer your questions. Emma? Beautiful. And I let them know that you have definitely been summoned. <clears throat> We're just gonna join them on a cruise. I definitely said this wasn't a cruise. You said pleasure cruise. That's fair. <laughs> I don't expect it. could be an excursion for death and destruction. My cruise. favorite. Yes. So um, the, the first mate kind of like guides you past the bosun who is now lashing the literal flesh by the pound off of these newbies. Oh, my. It could be goats, but at least it's people. Humans, even. That's why it's an oh, my, and not a let's take over the ship. <laughs> That's fair. Mine spike, everybody. Mine spike is so good. So anyway, the first mate leads you to the captain's quarters. And you see a rather dubiously built gentleman sitting, pouring himself a tall, tall bottle of dark liquid. Can't prove it's rum. Can't prove it's not bourbon. But it's got X's on the label, so you know it's good. So you like to have a good time, Captain? Stiff drink! Slams it on the table. You're too young, lassie. No, I don't mean... I have some cookies for you. <laughs> Pardon? But you don't know what these are. You don't know what those are. You, you don't. You don't know what they are, and even out of game, what was one of the golden rules? Don't fuck with the elf. <laughs> oh, my apologies. <laughs> if yeah, the elf hands him the cookies, I say, no. 
No, you better I said, do her thing, man. No, no, I'm, I hope you have a good constitution. Uh, he, like, pulls them out. And he just... Crack. Thank you for the party. Yes, you. <laughs> he, like, bites one in half. Must hunt post feel that way? It can be a side effect if you're not used to it. He eats the other one, he goes, Need more booze. <laughs> he pours himself another thick thing, he goes, It's a good accompaniment. <sighs> you see his eyes change color. Just straight up, like he had kind of a, a greenish eye, now they're just bright blue. Is it bright in here? (laughs) Oh, yes. Yes, it is bright in here. (laughs) He starts turning off all of his candles. It's fine. We all have dark vision. <laughs> I know. We all of us have. It's like we basically, it's like he's not doing anything. He's just like, okay. Hey, guys, is it normal in here? Yeah. Yeah, it seems pretty good. (laughs) A pleasure to meet you. I'm Captain, uh, what was in these cookies? <laughs> Moon dust. Very beautiful stuff, yes? Don't ask too many questions. Close the door. <laughs> <laughs> He runs over Mage to a hands. tiny. Close the door. He he runs over to a small plank beneath his like cot, and he pulls it off and stuffs what you assume is a lot of other drugs and contraband, and he puts it down beneath the plank. <laughs> this be the captain's personal stash, you see. You didn't see anything. Of course not. And he puts like a bunch of like irons and stuff on it to keep it hidden. Walks to not have it. I don't know. What where are I'm you? What? I don't know anymore. Pick a voice. It's like it's a really fucking joke that you should just have it. <laughs> anyway, that's his voice now. Oh, he's the Tasmanian devil. Oh, so okay. You find yourselves next to a now aloof. Mildly drunk, definitely on drugs, Captain. Now I hear ye be crossing the ocean. We sail with you? Ye be sailing with me in the sense that you'll be on my ship, I. Mm-hmm. No. I believe I have some effects in the brig. Oh? About two days ago, we had a shipment come in. They told us if we opened it, our eyes would be burned from our sockets. I said, boys, if you open it, you know what's wrong. If I catch some of you without your eyes, I know what you've done. I'll feed you to the sharks. (laughs) Effective. None of my mates have ever seen their eyes get burned out, so I assume the loot's not been touched. That or they're very good at making fakes. 
How much moon dust was in this cookie? Oh, a light amount. Five grams. <laughs> Only five grams, you see. Of course. You want to start off with a little bit. So that's what the color purple sounds like. Describe it. It sounds like your mother. God. That was really weird. Definitely a real shrieker, that one. Okay. Especially when she died. <laughs> Gruesome. Edgelord. Edgelord. Anyway, so what we have is something to chase. I'll have me first mate show you to the brink. The first mate shows you to the brig. How hard was that? Vareed, mm-hmm. you feel yourself grow <laughs> in a non-laughing way, Brandon. You feel more complete with every step you take. And then you find, as your heart begins to beat in unison, you come to a small iron box with a lock that seems to be keyholeless. <laughs> Reed, what do you do? I look to the orc. Let me see your dagger. There be no hole. <laughs> I was going to cut my blood and put it on there. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that I made... He doesn't actually have a dagger. Okay. <laughs> but he unsheathes his battle axe and just goes, okay. Well, every... I think you might be able to... Um... Every adventurer has a dagger. Every adventurer does have a dagger. He might need to explore back. How sharp is his horn? Not enough. It doesn't grow to a fine point. We'll say that he gives you a small knife. Not necessarily a dagger, but a knife. Mm-hmm. Like a whittling. Like a whittling kind of knife. Yeah. Just straight time. Yep. Yeah, I can picture you'd have that. So you, you press your thumb against the lock. Mm-hmm. And you see your bloody fingerprint, thumbprint. We'll say you did, uh, yeah, the thumb would probably be best. Mm-hmm. You grab it firm and you press it, and you notice that the blood all, like, goes into a lock, and it just mm-hmm. once again turns into a 13. Mm-hmm. And it, shoo, dust. Mac, would you like me? Would you like to call your sword again? Yes. Is everybody in the brig to witness the fantastical nature that is his sword? Mm-hmm. I. <laughs> oh, now he's Scottish, not Russian. I don't <laughs> fucking know anymore. I, I just had to. I just had to make a goof. I'm sorry. So, Vareed, you call your sword, and after being separated for several months, mm-hmm. you all witness as like the box rumbles, and he kind of like holds it out, kind of doing like the Luke Skywalker upside down in the Wampa Cave. We're going to say you do kind of like a reverse flourish where you like like reverse away and call it and you just see this spectacular flame and steel sword come out of this like iron strong box and right into his hand and like lingering embers scatter across the deck before fizzling out. I have no fucking clue anymore. I don't know. 
Just well, he said nice and magic trick. That was not out of game. Yep. No, no response to the magic trick bit? You should see what this sword does to my enemies. I've seen. Now I'm going to see some more. <laughs> if it kills people, I don't care. Okay. You should kill you find um, in another, like, a, you, you call your sword out as it comes out. You notice, um, you, like, walk up to the strong box and you see a note from Deus. Mm-hmm. Um, it basically says, um, to my favorite red-headed mischief maker, what is bought cannot be returned. Signed, The Gods of Forging. <laughs> and you find your complete set of basilisk mail with Oof. exactly the way you ordered it. Mm -hmm. Say, um, I know we went over this many, many episodes ago, but how would you like to describe your particular set of custom-made armor? The way the shouldren, the shouldrens, yeah, wow. Really nice way of combining words there. Just how does the armor sit? Does it have more, like, I know it's scale mail, so it's supposed to look like scales, but do you have any, like, fine round pieces covering areas, or is it just a simple coat? Do you have, a, like, a vision for how this fits your character? I really like the, the, that one image that you had uh, that looked, it was after the fashion of the the, the guards in Fomahat. Okay, so it's the slightly gothic Yes. Okay, so you've got like gothic scale mail. Mm -hmm. Or a gothic mixed mail. Mm -hmm. Nice. I like it. Uh, Parda, you also have a strong box containing all of your old druid equipment. Some of it outdated, but at the bottom is also a note from Asmo, and it says, I had to call in a bit of outside help from this one to make sure it was druid kosher. You find that when you open it, you have a complete set of battle garments that are also functional, that contain no metal, none, zero. It's all completely natural. It's got a lot of polished stone. And all of the like accent pieces, clasps and stuff, are made of polished meteorite and stuff. They're almost kind of like a, an iridium violet scale look color. They kind of look like a polished seashell on the inside. And those are all, yes. Uh, for clarification, the armor also had my basilisk shield. Yes. Okay. Oh, your full basilisk everything. <laughs> your basilisk everything. When I said, like, your basilisk armor you ordered, the whole thing. You guys got your custom gear. All right. <laughs> Shiny. Mm. Shiny. So, um, yeah, you two are now back up to your battle standard. We can... Uh, go over maybe the finer points since we'll probably get into combat. We'll just use, if we get into combat today, we'll use your old stats, but we'll just revise those for next session. Mm -hmm. Only because I didn't know how this episode was going to go. It's only oh eleven fifteen. Okay. So let's just say you guys spend the next like twenty minutes getting into all your new, like trying on your fancy armor. You know, for you, Vary, you're used to wearing like a simple chain coat and like a ch like. You know, chain legs with a, like an auburk on. You know, mm. you've got your like multi-layered, maybe some like leather bracelets. This is all full armor. This is heavier than what you're used to wearing. You've actually been used to fighting naked almost. Right. 
you're used to that raw like pancreation style hand to hand where if you get cut there's no safety mm -hmm. so being back with armor on you might feel a little slow but you've been honing your strength you feel raw stronger than ever mm -hmm. part of you just it's really odd when the moment you kind of get all that on you actually have uh, I believe you ordered like a circlet like an actual like little crown to, like a tiara almost and instead of like a normal tiara where it's all really wide and goes really high, yours wears in the reverse, so it kind of goes down your your little uh, brow line here. Oh, so so kind of like a nose piece almost. Oh, it goes like around the top of her head, and then like the accent goes down here, and it ends just between, just above her. Uh, the bridge of the nose. Yep. Hmm. Not so it obstructs your vision because that's really annoying, but it's like right here, where it kind of grips your forehead. And doing that, you feel almost like a, oh, there's a very particular word I'm looking for, but we're going to say it enhances your senses. It's kind it of like this. Yeah, an amplifier, if you will. And you kind of just, you hear just like the faintest, like, attuning sound. It feels like your gear has, a, like, it just instantly knows you. Both of you kind of have that feeling, but hers is her, like, the way the, oh, druid, the druid gear works. It, like, <coughs> when you switched gear, you kind of lost that, and then when you put on this, it felt immediately natural. Instead of having regular-made, like, just crafted clothes, like, just, oh, this is clothes given by everybody, made by one person who just cranks out clothes. This was handmade for a druid, for druidy purposes. <laughs> A.K.A. being a narc for the police. <laughs> <laughs> you never felt more undercover. <laughs> so, we're going to say that that little journey was pretty much all day between getting out together, peeking the mic, joking. And we have quotas basically all together or with the... You guys are actually going to be staying in the brig. You guys are going to be at the very bottom of the boat because... Let's be honest. There's basically this is a big ship, but there's the the main deck with the captain's quarters. You know, you got the steering wheel. Then you have the first deck, which is like the first the barracks and the, like there's at the very end there's the barracks and the bosons. Then there's like the mess, and then below that is where all the uh, deckhands. Yep, the scallywags, the bilge rats, the deckhands. They all sleep there, and then you guys are going to be in the basement. Does that mean I can be special and be like, I don't like this, and I'm going to sleep on top of the ship so I'm around the ocean and in the moonlight? God. You know, theoretically, because you're at the bottom, you would be the closest to the ocean. Oh. You guys are gonna, you're going to be next to the portholes. Okay. That's not necessarily, like, depending on where you sleep, you know, you might actually want to sleep next to one of the portholes where the waters might come in. Yeah. So you'll definitely be closest to your element. You might be trapped in a boat, but you'll be the closest to the ocean in the bottom when you sleep. But if you need to like sense energies, being out in the top of the mast where the spotters are, that might give you the most like area of effect. I think I still like to go for that. I'm sure you could make a case with the captain to do a night watch. Oh. So you guys are gonna have to get settled into the boat, but is there perhaps anything on the boat you'd like to do? There's I feel not like a, we should oh, probably only make introductions to each other since nobody really knows who we, anyone else is. That's fair. So we have a Like, do I know who... You, nobody knows anyone except these two. These two only know each other. Mm -hmm. 
So do you guys have any idea why you're picked by His Majesty? Would either of you like to use your background as a form of guessing? Basically, what are your qualifications of... He trusts you in a certain degree. Well, I'd be a bounty hunter, but that's a... Where the oh. fuck am I going? Dude, just, just stick with it. Dude, just stick with it. It works. I'd be about the bounty hunter, but the... Bounty hunter? Like, for humans or for something else? You ask it, I hunt it. Oh, anything. You I hunt an before? I hunt anything humanoid. Humanoid. And technically some beasties. You've been able to defeat an elf. Would I be sitting here if I didn't? Maybe. Look at you. <coughs> You're the researcher? I'm good at getting information. I uh, research magical items. I obtain knowledge through magical means. So His Majesty wants knowledge about a magical beast and to hunt it. Is that what he wants? I feel he's probably good at getting mad things through magic. I have my other ways of getting information. You know what Vareed's very good at. <laughs> and Vareed knows what Bard is very good at. <laughs> so to clarify, we got the ranger, we got the narc, we got the fighter, we got the magic user. Temporary narc, I've lived a lot longer than you, buddy, and I've done a lot more things than you have in your entire lifetime. Okay. So I'm not a narc. That was a very temporary, temporary part of but the But to be fair, narc? nobody's really called you a narc in game. That, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I should have done the hand. I need to work on that. So we're, we're going said, to it's pretend like, the narc he's got dragon scales on his arms. I think he's done a lot more. You do recognize that she's a druid. You recognize that she's your... And also the fact she started talking to horses. I am just yeah. would assume she's a druid. Yep. You could assume anyone that crazy probably is a druid. <laughs> So you definitely recognize you have a ranger, you have a druid, but can you divine what the demon is? <laughs> really? The flaming sword out of a box. I wonder what his purpose in this whole party is. He's the bard, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say he's a paladin. <laughs> Please. He ain't holy enough for that. Bullshit. Paladin of conquest, am I right? Hoorah. <laughs> <laughs> Hoorah! Oh that's, that's the fucking mating call of a warrior. Hoorah! Alright, alright. So, she did, her, she, she did her question, but there's been no introductions. Quinris. Gorak. Parda. Veridoth. We also call him Bird. I would like to point out that this is probably the... It's just a car outside. I wouldn't worry about it. This is the literal first tiefling. The very first tiefling you guys have probably seen in... For you, probably 50 years. This might be your very first time ever seeing one. That's why he said... It's been quite a while since I've seen one of you around. Father took them somewhere. Hmm. Last I see anything that looks like him... uh, tried to eat my face. I was going to say, probably tried to kill me. Yeah. Were you scared of him when you first saw him then? Well, I didn't shoot me pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good thing. 
Most awkward first meeting ever. Four random strangers brought together for no real reason. I kind of say, of course it is. <coughs> Yo, um, Where were you all summoned from? Keep talking, you guys. I'm just singing again. I didn't hear what you said. You can Where are you all then summoned from? Usually do the dirty work. I get letters and other things from the places I work. Oh, these people really kill me. In the library? I assume with uh, you read his book and everything. It's very fascinating. Circlets of knowledge. What about you two? What about us two? What? Any interest in backstory we need to know? Make sure you're not going to turn into any sort of werewolves or anything? And there was once a cat in pants. I couldn't find him, but he was in there. There was no cat, you crazy elf. He was in there! Can I just assume they've basically just been giving us a backstory? Okay, so basically what me and you were going to assume is that they both are just crazy. Everybody stop. At least her. Stop. I have to roll for a world event. Do... I don't think I rolled high enough. I'm sorry, Parda. Keep going, you guys. <laughs> have we taken off yet or anything? Or? No, uh, they're, they're still finishing it up. They're, you guys, this is why you... It probably would have been a little harder for him to do the flourish if the boat was rocking to do the magic flare. Yeah. Uh, you guys are getting close. You can hear everybody starting to lower the masts. So, how'd you two meet? It was on a caravan. Caravan 13. Brandon has a question. Do we know what that is? Because what? we were, I don't like, think we were in jail at all. So do we did we hear about Caravan 13 in that actually actually the, have yeah. we ever heard the story of Caravan 13? Because it's quite whisper. famous. Ah, so whispers and So whispers. okay, so how were they portrayed in the story of Caravan 13? Um so the heroes of the unlucky Caravan 13 were a bunch of down on their luck heroes who happened to be overwhelmed by demonic forces some several hundred years ago. However, they wound up like basically they <laughs> were eventually taken down by an unending demon horde before the original Fomalhaut went up in a blinding cast of light. So in other words, the fact that they said they're from Caravan 13 means legend. They're either like would we know anything about like them surviving that or anything like that? It's always been assumed it's just like a rumor. Like it's kind of like it's like Parta said, it's a legend. Like the the caravan So like it was, reading about magical items I might have You might have heard about, say, um a raven haired warrior who used daggers of blood to slaughter the demons. You might have heard about a demon like an undead demon knight who slaughtered countless with this flaming sword. You might have heard pray tell about a young elven princess who cast down beams from the very moon itself and caused swaths of light to cast down the evil. And you also might have heard tell of a great elven, I mean, orc female, you fucked me up with the fucking, <laughs> a great elven warrior for whom the wrath of his mace broke countless spines. Is it her, her than him? So it's like. <laughs> so, you you so know. So the fact that they said they're from Caravan Thirteen, we'd be likely to say, right. So where's the yes. great Lulu and the great Ravenhead? Uh, 
the shade. You know more than me. I think the bird's He's doing dead. this sarcastically, thinking, yeah, you're part of the luck. Okay, you're a part of Unlucky I, Caravan 13. With, with insight, would I be able to see if they were telling the truth with that? You could see. You. I don't think you need insight. You can tell by the way she kind of explains it. You can tell she's being truthful. Like that you dis like that she genuinely dis- believes it. She genuinely she's either crazy enough to believe it or it's true. <laughs> now, here's the problem. You have a literal tiefling that called a great flaming sword. That matches that the matches legend. the legend. Now, you have a, you have a small elven girl, not a princess, but you have a small elven girl that has a mo- recently made moonstone armor. She might be a wannabe but you've never seen her in action. The only one who really matches the legends is that one. And the problem is, he has tieflings skin. are uncommon. And he has skin. He has He's skin. Not undead. No, he just said that. Huh? He just said what I said. But. Yeah. He's, he's got skin. He's obviously, you know, not dead. All that. And let's be honest, tieflings are both uncommon and he's obviously not a demon. Demonesque, maybe. It's just Veridoth. The name Veridoth, you, you've been, you've read about like holy art, unholy artifacts, demon things. You know the name Veridoth and what it means, maybe in your studies, just off of like tangents that you've had to explore. And you know that Veridoth died long before the Caravan Thirteen legends. You might have reason to believe he's a wannabe. You might believe that these two are literally just wannabes. So they're skeptical. Like yes. Very, very skeptical. But Vareed did... Vareed noticed that the caravan wagon that was super beat up had the old 13 logo on the back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> caravan 13. Yes. So who's so which one of us is going to die first if you are the unlucky caravan 13? We oh, didn't die. Mean. At least on that part. If you're Caravan 13, why do you have skin? I've been killed and brought back to life at least two times that I know of. (laughs) You must not look like royalty either. I am not a princess. Hmm. Well, we'll see how much of it. We'll see how much of (laughs) it. We'll see how much of the legends are true then. Legend? Is there a legend breed? I'm sure yes, someone on this no, boat has it. a book. I can tell you right now, um, you probably weren't paying attention because you were too busy making moon dust cookies in the magistrate bakery. Yeah. But you've being around, you definitely had the more free experience in Fomalhaut compared to Vareed, who was shuffled between interdimensional realms and forced to fight in a giant arena for his life. So Vareed is Never, like, he probably doesn't know the Legend of Caravan 13 existing as much as you might have. You probably did see something, but never really paid mind because, like I said, you were busy messing around in the Magistrate's Bakery cooking moon dust cookies for (laughs) office parties. (laughs) So, you kind of understand their skepticism. Ye bilge rats, let's get this anchor away. We've got money to make and blood to spill. Are we ready? Ah. 
how you you hear the masts unfurl. You hear that like you guys literally are seeing the anchor being pulled up along the side and the loud cranking of chains. I kind of feel like at this time, Gorak is probably going to go up to the top deck to watch. The ship said so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll go up. Okay. Just look out, kind of see what's going on. Pardon me. I'm not really sure if we'll say Gorak's ever been on a ship before, but it's just one of those things where it's like... Probably not something he does very often. Right. I probably have too after 70 years of. You've probably been. You probably have. I'm just saying since Gorex only like 27, 28. Yeah. Vareed. I can almost guarantee that Vareed's never been on a traditional boat. (laughs) Not saying he hasn't been on a different kind of boat, but he definitely has not been on a traditional boat. boat. The creepy fucking Grim Reaper pushing it along. (laughs) Parda, let's be honest. You've probably been everywhere at least once. (laughs) So there we go. So what is the... The party's watching the ship set sail. Um, Before I accelerate too much, what is... Do you guys want to do anything particular to help out the crew? Or are you guys just going to kind of lounge around and watch the crew work? I want to jump into the ocean and go towards the land and swim. No. No. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I can help out. I can use stuff like Mage Hands. I can picture Gorak probably just... Like, pull up, like, if they need, like, uh, stuff wasted or just heavy things moved, I can help do it with Mage Hands. Well, I can picture I Gorak... Mage Hands that strong. Uh, I can lift up to 10 pounds. You I was about to say... Stuff. I was about to say, I think well, you can lift heavier I mean, stuff like, if... I, I I can help. Uh, he can lift some. I think he can lift heavier if he is. You can lift things considered large or whatever. You're you're considered one size heavier when moving things. Well, what yeah. I'm think. Well, I think is at higher level spell usage he can do it, but that's basically burning his entire spell slot if he uses it. Yeah, it's like mage. You're probably ten pounds isn't a lot compared. You might not have a big build, but you can still help by hand. Yeah, that that's what I mean. Is I'll just. I'll, I'll just help out. I'm picturing just Gorax picking up any boxes he can lift and just moving it wherever they need it. Uh, Parda, I know, is in the bird's nest with the other eagle-eyed ba- lad. She basically f- turned into a bird, flew up there, and then just turned back into a girl and is sitting on the ledge. Yep. Vareed. I am standing out of the way as I've never been on a boat. Wait, would he I never said Gork was doing his job well. He's just helping where no, he can. No, like I said, he's, he's, never been on a, he's never been on a traditional boat. I never said he's never been on a boat. I said he's never been on a naval vessel. He's had a very tumultuous childhood. <laughs> a lot of ups and downs. Lots of ups and downs. Lots of astral plane chaining and different dimensional rifts. Mm-hmm. So... Um, we're gonna hop, skip, and a jump a few days in advance, unless there's something you guys, like, we could pretend you guys have been making merry, you know, you guys have been getting to know the crew, helping out. Parta, perhaps you've been using your druidic natures to maybe keep the ship from hitting the deep currents that, just helping the ship along. Vareed, you find, oh, yes. Oh, I'd be looking at my book to see if there's any of the kind of circlets that have been, like, um, I'll sit see kind of thing. 
knowing where you're at, like you, you, you can just like you won't have time to stop considering this isn't your own vessel. But you, you maybe you make note of landmarks that are nearby that kind of resemble things in legends, or like maybe you take note of a particular rock that looks like a, a crown, like several. Let's go faster. Mm-hmm. Need a note. A rock that looks like four crown like spikes. Call it like crown rock. Oh. There you go. And that might be they they reference like a crown amidst the ocean. And that, that one's like, okay. And you um, you look at like other nearby landmarks, and you kind of make like a crude map on a hempen piece of paper. So, in your items, or like a list of things you have, put um, crown rock map. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna go full wind waker in this bitch. <laughs> Hell yeah! All right. So we got him doing his shit. Parda, you're using your druid senses to help guide us through the smoothest waters possible, relatively speaking. Sometimes you can't help it. Vareed, <coughs> back to you. The captain and the bosun basically say, Well, ye be timid on this boat, I see. I try not to get in the way when I don't know how to do something. I can appreciate that. What's the matter? Oh, strong hint of weed for a second. Something, something, Mary Jane legalized. It's fine. Oh, I know. It just, it just threw me out. I was like, it's all like, that B.O. I was like, am I, I was like, am I, am I at work? <laughs> so. It's not a joke. That dispensary behind us. Everyone. Mm-hmm. So, what we have is a task for ye. We're going to teach you how to tie knots. I, can you not knots? Yes. Excellent. They start showing you how to do the simple knots for tying down ropes, how to like tie the mast down. You know, if you need to release the sails, how to do that. Mm-hmm. But if you get it wrong, the bosun like shouts at you straight up, Gordon Ramsay style, like, "What are you doing, you stupid cow?" You know. Does this give me proficiency use rope? No, it does not, as you know how to tie knots. You might say that you've, you now have a crude ability to tie naval knots. Like, you might, if somebody says, hey, I need you to tie this down, you would be able to do it without making a check for it, okay. unless under stress. Then I might ask you to do it under, but I'm no longer going to require you to do checks. Okay. So... Gorak, you're doing that, you're doing that, you're doing that, you're doing that. A full days of sailing, and then your shifts kind of end. The, the people who were below who did, like, the night shift go into the day shift. You guys come off of yours. It's booze time. <laughs> booze is passed around, merriment, slop, happy days. Organically sourced food that won't piss off a druid. <laughs> <laughs> so anybody want to share some war stories it's my favorite thing since you guys got to introduce <laughs> yourselves but maybe now that you're 
You've wetted your lips. Somebody pass me the Coke Zero. Hashtag not sponsored by Coke. <laughs> uh, I did once take down a pair of trolls. I still have the eyeball. Do you want to see it? She does, in a jar I'm around intrigued. her belt. Yes. Still perfectly pickled. Which I'm assuming the eye's about as big as this mug is. Uh, yeah. Or actually, it, probably more your like. Like on a chain in a glass vial. More like. And a solution. Yeah, it would be. On that would be the middle of the eye. It really would be big. So volleyball. Mm, soccer ball. Soccer. All right. Somebody set that. So over wait, she has two soccer balls in basically. She's got one soccer ball. Isn't it beautiful? Actually, that is a very nice shade. Mm-hmm. My fire trolls. <coughs> Fire elementals. Can you summon those yet? Mm, they're very handy. You probably could. I didn't take any spells with that. But I can learn those. Like I have yeah. I have the options to do that. Sorry. No, it's okay. Any war stories for you or battle scars you want to show off? Gash in oh. your horn. Dead now, but tell us about it. Mac, that's an arena story? That's kinda lame. Why don't you tell them a more interesting story? One that might decloud their skepticism. <laughs> I wanna take off a piece or no I, I wanna pull out my uh, my basilisk shield. You see this? I, I hand him the. Be careful not to touch it. That's basilisk fangs. That will petrify you. you well, guys... it was the eyes that did the petrify, not the teeth. <laughs> the venom. The venom. Hmm. Uh, Gorak, you look at this and you see it's a giant. Like, it's two snake fangs, the size of your leg. <laughs> Six foot tall guy, which yeah. two. It's basically a, t- a curved tower shield, like a, mm-hmm. almost like a scutum, except traditionally sized, like like a normal shield. But it's just shoo, down to where the edges of the fangs come down to a point, so that if you like held it just right, it's almost weird. You hold it inverted so that you hold the fangs pointing towards the ground. It kind of like acts like a secondary piece of armor so that you hold it with the fangs up. It's really odd. The, the narrower end of the shield points up towards the user and it creates like a wider base around yourself. And you would, it almost acts like a punching weapon. You could thrust those fangs through things. And you just looking at it when you like touch the fangs and prep them, you see that this viscous, purple, almost acidic secretion starts coming out. Hmm. I'm assuming Basilisk, a Basilisk was a part of the Caravan 13 story, or not? They, there were rumors about a, a Basilisk maybe a long time ago. A, almost like a, a, it was called a Basilisk, but it was like a grand serpent that loomed beneath old Fomalhaut. That had never been seen and always rumored, yes. 
my research what I have. You, 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 it's assumed that if you guys have worked in Fomohan any time, you guys know like the general local legends. Nobody ever really saw it, but there was always a rumor about a giant petrifying snake. Hmm. It was mostly the bird that took the basilisk out, though. It was incredible. Ah, that fucking bird. I loved it, Thrower. You keep saying bird. I've always heard the story was it was an elf or something. They always called her the black-haired woman. No. No, it's a giant raven. A kenku? A kenku? Yep. Mm -hmm. That's right. Fuck did you find one of those? <laughs> Tied up <laughs> in our caravan. She, I think she was like <laughs> in a sack. I slightly over drunk from the night before. Love to sing. <coughs> she loved, loved to sing. And also like to eat chicken. Isn't that sort of cannibalizing? <laughs> you were there that day working for you? Did the bartender look like he was going to lose his shit? <laughs> the bartender did lose his shit. I think anyone who saw a bird eating another bird would probably think that. What's wrong with an eagle eating a sparrow? That makes sense. Why is a bird eating a bird. What? Why is Connor grabbing weird accent out of nowhere? <laughs> well, he can. I know. Varine has a small accent. It comes up when he gets excited. <laughs> Like and I what just... about Lulu? Who was that? What was Lulu? He kept following a god. I didn't know half of what he was doing. Lulu wasn't a woman? Lulu was not a woman. Lulu was a guy. Lulu was a half-orc. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the biggest disgrace that I have ever seen. <laughs> Ouch. I was going to say... Uh, Quinris, you know in the official <laughs> legends, all like in the town and stuff, there is a like a, the the warriors <laughs> never were named, but you know they actually depicted the orc as a male, so you know that whatever he's been reading was like secondhand, third rate trash, or like <laughs> or just the vocal story told. Yeah, it's like I heard it was Lulu. They called it. Must be female. Must be female. Definitely not a derogatory nickname. <laughs> so, Quinners, well, if you want to fight him on that, or Vareed, if you want to fight him on the fact <laughs> it was a woman, even though you know there was a male, he may have fucked you over a ton, but at least stick up for his gender. <laughs> now, his actual name was something like Lugosh, but that's just... No, no. Not, not, wasn't going to remember that name, wasn't going to call him that. Nope. Started calling him Lulu. I have heard of an orcish story of a Lugosh. I did see him fight his brother. In the end, of course he was male. They kept trying to hit each other in the dicks. He just grabs a bottle he's been slowly pouring and just starts <laughs> chugging it. He's like, why does this story sound familiar? <laughs> Let's ignore the fact that not even four months ago, you guys probably heard about an orc cleric named Lugosh being exiled. <laughs> Yo. 
Let's just Would that come, come to mind? It might be. It might, may, might ring a bell that an orc cleric named Lugash was exiled to the great northern wastes. <laughs> he was exiled not too long ago. We were jailed. So wait, that same heretic mm-hmm. was Lulu from the stories. Why are you trying to confuse everybody? Because it's fun. The truth just confuses people. Well, they don't know anything, so might as well tell them. And Lulu was a man, obviously, which mm-hmm. proves the books that I've never read. Mm-hmm. Which proves the books <laughs> you've never <laughs> read. <laughs> I'm fixing myself here at this point. Come on. And the... Raven hair was actually a raven. Yes. She was a To raven. be fair, the actual story was that he was a male. Lulu. I've always heard stories of a, of a person named Lugash who was able to punch storms into existence. Mm-hmm. But that's an orc story. Half-orc. Orc story. Fair enough. Even though half-orcs are looked down upon by the orcish community... They're looked down on by everybody, humans and orcs. <laughs> yeah, dude. Out. Which is funny because I actually have an explanation for why his tribe accepted him. Because he out orked everyone. It's okay. Anyway, moving on, moving on. Strapped <coughs> your dice. A 19. <laughs> uh oh. Is that mine? No, that's. That's mine. Gentlemen and lady. Fuck, what else are the stories not true? I don't know. Have you heard? We did fight flaming dogs. We had to kill them. Those were not puppies. They were too! I always said it was demons. Those were... Gnomes? Gnolls. 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 Gnomes are the happy little people who go to parks. Are the men who you got really rich? <laughs> Remember Nomeo? And then those were gnolls. And then thrown in jail. Bad. I know they're bad, but they're so cute. They were partially decaying, Parda. No, but you guys wouldn't even let me try to befriend one of them. You destroyed them all. They were trying to eat you. <laughs> They were trying, yes, they were trying to eat you. I don't have a bit of my flesh. Every once in a while. That's like enabling a drug abuser. We're not going to... All right, all right. Moving on. I know, I'm just trying to get them to... I'm just trying to get them to explain to our characters their backstory. I know, I know. But, I mean, this is kind of working. They're they're slowly telling you more of a Caravan Caravan 13 legend. Yeah. So how did you get from 200 years in the past to now? Warlock no, no. Thank you, Parda. <laughs> <laughs> that works. Yes. I will take warlock fuckery. For Honestly, I have years. a feeling. Wait, is that what she said? Yes. <laughs> I'll take warlock Honestly, fuckery. Honestly, I have a feeling that's just such a common phrase now. Whenever something bad happens, it's like, okay, I accept that. <laughs> I've read enough about warlock fuckery to say. Eh. Everyone right. has heard enough about the warlock fuckery. All of a sudden, through a porthole, a small white-haired man goes. Did you ring? <laughs> <laughs> Just enough 
to get your attention and then leave. Hmm. I don't think so, Raid. Not anymore, Raid. Not anymore, Warlock Fuckery. Did anyone see that or was it just me? <laughs> no, it wasn't just so you. So what? It's a don't frenemy with that you, I <laughs> 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 Don't worry. <laughs> it wasn't just you. It was a frenemy that we currently have. I'm sorry, did you say frenemy? Were, yeah. were you actively referencing an NPC that we've come across in the past? I was actively <laughs> referencing <laughs> an NPC slash player character in the past just as a joke. That's why I went like this. Oh, you said old white-haired man? <laughs> a white-haired young man poked his hair through the port and went, did you ring? And, and, I, was just said, making a fourth, and I was just making a fourth wall <sighs> joke. Seeing if anybody would actually answer. <laughs> no, he did not actually show up. That's why my hand <laughs> <No>. was up. <laughs> so. Would you say you are convinced? Or do you still have doubt that they are the warriors? I'm not. I I'm, I don't 100 believe. I'm, it's one of those where I just I need to see it in kind of action. But I, it's, I'm leaning he, towards. I'm sure that he showed you the shield. I'm sure we're all four sitting at a table in the brig right now. Mm. They'll be more convinced when they see us fight later on. <clears throat> Honestly, the only thing that makes me upset is Lugosh didn't have nice tits. <laughs> Shay had them. Kenku don't have... Sure they do. They might have really tender breast meat. Shut up. And <laughs> <laughs> what did you feel up? I didn't the feel bird. Up. She was nice to sleep on. So, I felt stuff. <laughs> the seagulls in the distance. <laughs> we're near land, then. Alright, I'm drawing a line. We're right, this. Fine. I was like, if there's seagulls, we're near land. I was trying to do it as quietly as possible, so it's like, off in the distance. <laughs> enough, enough, enough. Okay. So, we're... I'm feeling antsy, if you will. I think it's time for a little fun and dice rolling, so we could call it here. Or... Fighting... Well, we got an hour. Do we have an hour? She said one o'clock, but yeah, it's midnight exact. Mm, midnight exact. Okay, we'll see what we can spin in. So, I was thinking about doing this. It's kind of fun. You guys are in the midst of a shift change. You guys are kind of boozed up. Part of. You feel a the the net you've you've sort of gone gotten used to the cadence of the ship, the way it rocks in the in the ocean, given the current tides. You've you kind of actually mapped the next four hours or so. That's actually a lot of time on the ocean. So we'll say maybe the next two hours of tide that you could see and sense, and kind of like the loose patterns on like a map for the the first mate to follow. His natural ocean sense helps guide, but I think in this moment you notice that beneath the boat you feel the tides change. Mm. 
Captain, I think we're near land. Oh. You're gonna run up. No, you're not near land. Oh, running. Oh, you're fine. You sons of. <laughs> anyway, keep going. Yeah, no, you definitely. Um, you're you're concerned enough. You've actually gone to the deck. Okay. All right. What are you under, you piece of junk? Oh, by the way, Party, you would also notice that I look different because I'm coated in like black scales. Okay. Future reference. Half elf covered in black scales. Oh. Er, copper scales. My apologies, copper dragon. I don't know why I picture just at this point somehow Vareed and Gorak are just probably drunkenly singing together, probably out of key. Vareed <laughs> does not sing. Varid. It depends on how much we've been drinking. I just picture him getting more violent. Yo, you haven't heard his Viking yell. I have. It's epic. It was great. I was right next to him. Is it like his Viking warning? This is annoying. It's almost like we're waiting on something and we're just trying to make conversation again. Think. No, no, I'm trying to access. Stat blocks. They're not loading the way I want them to. Well, here, let me help. No, I, <laughs> no we're good. I, I just need the basics. We're not going to get too crazy. Parta, you see... Um, you see, like, bubbles coming from beneath the ship. Oh. When, and you, you kind of like call over like the bows and uh, the, did the rest of you follow her because she's like the tides are different the tides are different I'd yeah. assume I'd assume that I'd still be up there just kind of just looking for formation well, we were just... talking but I, she noticed that yeah. when we were talking so if he's following it's sort of like well this actually might be serious <clears throat> yeah everybody's yeah, up yeah I, I, I go up to up and so as you guys approach staff. you see like bubbles forming beneath the ship. And now to completely change the scenery in a way that will probably make you go, wait, what time period are they in? Who here has seen Treasure Planet, the animated movie? Who here loved Jim's solar sail? <laughs> From beneath the ocean, you see two skiffs arise from the depths Two really oddly mechanical sailed like they they're basically using like turbine engines, kind of like a really odd early day submarine. Just wait, just wait. The impeller spinning. I know, I know. <laughs> and you see in pairs, two Sahagans come out with like water sails flying out God from underneath. Damn it! What? That's a Hagen conflict we kept mentioning. We kept mentioning throughout the, the of campaign. Of course! It's thought it was a joke. No, it's a real thing, you fuck! <laughs> what, you <laughs> thought I was going to be referencing the Great Sahagan War in the Eastern Seas and not make you fight them eventually? Yes! How boring would that be? No, these are mechanically inclined Atlantean folk. Check off DM. If he says something, it will happen. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, straight up looks like like Jim's solar sail in Treasure Planet, down to the step makes the turbine go faster, 
the really cool sail like sail surfing mechanic they're literally like skipping around the ship with a literal like water skin sail I have to have one I think we all want one <laughs> yeah no all of a sudden you just out of the depths harpoons start flying so there are two sk- there's two skiffs there's two skiffs on your side and, and they're like how many are on there, there's skiff? a pair on each so there's there, there's four, four sagans in all correct and that's from what you can see. Vareed, you're thinking. Um, am I powerful enough to <laughs> use the enlarged spell on the ship? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe that'd be probably a little bit out of your range, even if you had a scroll of enlarge. <laughs> that you'd probably be casting it too difficulty. What would happen to the wood when it shrinks back? Would it just go back to normal? It's magically enhanced, so yeah, it would just shrink, I think. I've never really looked at... Well, I mean, here's the thing. Like, with arrows, when you catch enlarge on an arrow, it just thunk, and then when it shrinks, it shrinks back to a normal arrow. Mm -hmm. Now, on a boat that's complexly made, I can't guarantee that, but I'm going to say, Mac, you could with difficulty. (laughs) You might not succeed, and we don't want to know what happens when you fail to enlarge a pirate ship. (laughs) I do like your thunk. I do like your thinking. Can you shrink their sailboat? They're already I'd have like to touch human it. size. Can you shrink it more? Uh, I think shrink's a touch spell. Yeah, it's a touch spell. So, so if I you would... touch, no, because by that and, and by that logic, if you touch like the harpoon, that would also get the ship too, because it's all yeah. And it's, it's really weird how the enlarged spell works. It's like if you touch the guardrail, you might enlarge the guardrail, but nothing else because the guardrail was all like you enlarged the one piece of wood exactly uh chad just did like a a sinking thing with his hands so everybody roll for initiative uh for those of you at home who maybe want to put on some music in the background i what would my plus Hmm. Uh, dude, we're just it's plus two, ways. but it doesn't plus matter two. because right. I rolled a twenty. I rolled a three. I rolled a sixteen. Eighteen. Well, <laughs> sixteen plus two, eighteen. So what does the Sahagans roll? Um, that's a very good question. Where did I put my dice? There it is. Ha! Sixteen. A two. A ten. And a nineteen. One goes before me, but Marie's still good. He still goes first. I so, go and we're gonna to say last. we're gonna say PCs have priority in the initiative chain, so it's gonna go Vareed, Sahagan. You got an eighteen. Mm-hmm. One goes, then you, then you go, then the Sahagan goes. So it's one, two go after you, and then one goes after you. Yeah. So, Vareed, uh, you have two skiffs in your sight. You see as like. They, the, like, impeller is actually keeping them, it's spinning fast enough, like a propeller propeller at this point, not an mm-hmm. impeller, which would go underwater, that it's actually able to keep them afloat, so they're actually, like, at deck level with you right now, floating around, they're about to, like, make a pass across the ship and, like, harpoon you guys. So you have a moment to make an action against the How driver. How far? They're with, I, you're, they're not close enough to swing your sword, but they could definitely take a GF, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, and aren't you a high enough level to? 
for a spell and do that? I could technically throw my spear. Yeah. And cast Firebolt. Get that! <laughs> yes. <you. laughs> yes. So, I think that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I believe it's cantrip then attack. Not oh, attack. Can, cantrip then Okay, yeah. So, cantrip, Firebolt, so aka. And then the spell. Get he fucked. Can, uh, that's his thing, not yours. Okay. Does a. Fifteen break AC. It does. All right. Then my spear is one d eight plus five damage. Wait, cantrip first. Oh, cantrip. Sorry, sorry. It's okay. Uh, roll Two your spear damage. Roll your spear oh. damage. Okay. Okay. If we had something set up where we could see how this looks. <laughs> <clears throat> that would be a twelve. Okay. So you got twelve damage on the board. No, hit your cantrip. We'll we'll say this is he rolled for the spear first, but that's fine. Eleven. Does not hit. Okay. So were you where, who, which uh which of were you aiming for the uh, sail rider or the uh, spearman? I was aiming for the spearman. Okay. So you you firmly threw a spear in its its like stomach. Mm-hmm. So now it is the Sahagan's turn. The spearman is actually aiming for um, the first mate, and that's a pretty fair hit, I'd say. What was that? It was a sixteen. Okay. Let's say average human soldier. Yep. Yeah, he's They're like a twelve. Yeah, he's not. He's not. He's not wearing that tough an armor. That's why I said like a normal human is just like twelve. Which one's a D eight? Is it this one? Yeah. It's D8. Yeah. And that dealt eleven damage to the first mate. Mm-hmm. Oof. Yeah. Parda. I can start with the cantrip and then spell. No. That's uh, that is an eldritch knight ability. Okay. Um, my apologies for not explaining that to the table. Um, I just happened to remember that. So we can just cast... For Cantrips are still considered a full action. Um, the Eldritch Knight has an ability that... It's called War Magic. It basically allows him to cast a cantrip and then make a free attack spell. That only... It's, right. Yeah, it hits for one. Then I can just start with Call of Lightning. Yeah! <laughs> What's going to be the AC to... Basically, get it started. Uh, let me see. Um, call lightning is well, that? That's an AOE attack. Call of lightning is an AOE. What I need to see well, is because I was gonna do like chromatic orb, which is an AOE, and it would be chromatic orb is a pretty high level spell, isn't it? Or it's like a first level spell, isn't it? Dude, yeah, it's a first level. Three D eight plus my um, mods was three D eight plus four. And that's if I cast it at my second level, not a higher level. So call lightning always hits. Mm-hmm. They just have to make like a dex, I believe. Yeah, dex saving throw. It's a dex saving throw? Okay. Or I could just cast my fifth level spell. What is her spell proficiency, Dino? Her spell save? I want to say it's 8 plus 3 is 11, plus her wisdom modifier is 3, so 14. So a 14, so I need to beat a 14. He crit. Okay. So he's. Uh, he rolled a 17. 
And I want to say it's in close enough range for almost all of them. So one crit failed and one made a 15. So Parda, roll for damage on one of them. So it's a 3D Well, no, um, they all take, I thought, are the, the ones that made their save take half, half damage. damage. Yeah. Okay. So it's a 3D 10. Well, one of them crit, critical success. Mm-hmm. So he's not going to take anything. I don't think he takes any. No, because that's the way we, we've been doing it so yeah, far. As far as, as if you crit success, you're fine. That's it. If you roll the 19, no dice. You did roll, good. Roll your damage roll, Sarah. Fifteen. Okay. Okay. Fifteen so damage. I'm going to say that the one that Makana attacked, um, the driver crit on dodging it. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna say for super like cool flair, that in the act of dodging. The lightning went for the propeller and basically like spun the electric charge and just fried the spearman straight off and it like bolted in all the directions and hit the other sailors. <laughs> like the, the Sahagan striders. Mm-hmm. Would that affect the skiff if it got the guy who was technically piloting it? That no, it bolted out the other way? directions. But you the said though it got the guy who was piloting it, right? No, he What's he he avoided that. It cast it because he turned okay. away and it pointed towards the other thing. Okay, so everyone else though. Yeah, it got everyone but him. So there's. Hey, Michael. So she she hit both skiffs. She hit both skiffs. The other drivers it took like right. eight damage. The one that Mac got had like a giant lightning rod in it. Kaboom! <laughs> Vaporized. <laughs> So now it's time for your turn. So I am going to... Okay, so what's the grouping on them? Like, um, what's the one where the guy made the critical save? What's that? Which one had the guy who made That's the critical save? That's the one closest to you. All right, so I'm going to cast Chromatic Orb at third level. Tell or me second what level. What does that do? All right, let me pull that up right here. You hurl a four-inch diameter sphere of energy at the creature you can see within range. I can choose either acid, cold, fire, lightning, poison, or thunder for the type of orb. Um, if the attack hits, the creature takes 3d8, and every spell slot, second or higher, increases by 1d8. And because I was going to do acid, because of my um, draconic affinity, it gets my charisma modifier plus 4. So that would be casting it at second level, would be 4d8 plus 4. Go ahead and. Uh, do, it requires a dex save, or is it a straight hit? Is it a ranged You said a ranged attack, right? Yep, ring spell attack. So you'll need to break AC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, All right. Yeah. And I get plus four because of... Uh, actually, would, it, would I also get my proficiency bonus on top of my charisma mod? Does he? Because my spells are cast with charisma, so wouldn't that be my proficiency bonus towards that then? Yeah, that that would. Yeah, yeah I don't you see So I would get, I get plus seven to my rolls. Okay, Woo. that's fine. All right. Well, let's see how I roll, though. I think I get a 13 plus 7. <coughs> Roll your 4d8s. Okay. 4, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 17, 18, 19, 20. Nice. 20 acid damage. Sorry. Acid damage? Yeah. 
Don't you get a bonus when you deal acid damage? Or that's what. Well, that's why I get the plus four. That's why I get my charisma mod. Okay. Okay. I wanted to make sure with that. Hmm. You know, I'm feeling generous. I think you just did about ninety-eight percent of that guy's HP in a single attack, and it's acid. And it's acid. It's also the very first attack you made in combat with a new character. <laughs> the smile on his face is like, I like this character. <laughs> is there perhaps some method, a way you were thinking about taking him down that might come to fruition? What do you mean? Like, how did, how did I Were you going to throw acid in his face? Were you thinking about melting his arm off? I how was going to do it to try to damage the skiff as well. Because yeah. acid... Okay. So I'm trying to think about how that Because would work. it creates that sphere. Granted, you know, it's a four inch diameter. Maybe it so snaps in a certain way and it loses balance and crashes. Towards his legs. I got it. <laughs> I, I got it. Okay. You, once you said cripple the boat, I'm like, I got this shit. Basically, you. Uh, four inch diameter is really not that much, actually, if you think about it. My yeah, that's like one. <laughs> Yeah, it, our thighs are thicker than four inches. Let's be honest. We're big boys. Mm-hmm. So, you uh, you basically aimed it at his feet mm-hmm. or his chest. It's one of them. For for interesting factor, I might say you did it for the ch- like the uh, the chest. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's basically going to crash the skip across the deck, leaving it actually unharmed. Congratulations, you guys. You might have a Sahagan skiff on your hands. Yeah. <laughs> totally wasn't my plan to give it to you at all, no. <laughs> really? Wow. It works for some reason now that I don't need it. But is he dead then? Oh, yeah, no. You, you just melted his literal chest cavity in a single mage is he spell. mostly dead or- <laughs> Honestly, I don't think I, I think they were just naked. They were just straight up Sahagan scales like mer people. Ooh. Really? Let's say aren't Sahagans the look like creature from the Black Lagoon? Yeah, they're like mer uh-huh. people. They're like yeah, Sinnoh's so got like the like, weird like fish heads. Yeah, th- yeah, they're the like, creature like, from the Black Lagoon. The fins for ears. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So that means it is one skip down. That guy's dead. The other guy is dead. So there's two left. Two left. It's the skiff that you basically, as you guys Well, I told you I aimed at the guy who made the crit save. Right, right. And so, funny, the people who crit failed and crit success got <laughs> gooped. So now comes the second riders. Oh, boy. So this was for an action maneuver. Um... You guys see they they move their, like, 30 feet of flight, about 10 feet to the side, 10 down beneath the ocean, and then you see them rocket up, Mm -hmm. and they, like, ditch the sail, and it, like, does, like, a reverse flip back into the ocean, and they, like, do a boarding action. You see them use, like, uh, basically, like, control water. There's actually a water spell you can do where you manipulate water and you can use it. They don't have the height to get up to it, they create like a little rope of water and they use their hands to use it like a giant hook and rail and they like do a reverse flip on 
and dive next to you guys with their like Sahagan swords. Acrobatic check. They succeeded. (laughs) (laughs) They succeeded as fuck. <laughs> so are they on the boat now? Or? Yeah, they're all like they're next to you guys, screeching <laughs> and saying you speak. Cast on. Does this create attack of opportunity? Thirteen. Uh, you guys see two other like rope, like water ropes, and you see the two others like two other pairs glide on to the other side. And the best part, the second pair, <laughs> biff the landing. No. They, they're like, sail gets caught. They get caught on a rope. You hear like a small clanking and a loud kaboom. They got cocky. <laughs> they got cocky. They they crashed their skiff. They're like, they, they're now swimming in the ocean behind you. But they're Sahagans. They'll be able to like... Yeah. <laughs> but there are now four Sahagans on the deck of the ship. And now the first hand, the first mates and stuff are... They're like... Sagans! They're all the first mates are obviously now mobilizing the deckhands. Yes, Brandon. Does that boarding action do any attacks of opportunity at all? No. That so, was that was an acrobatic check to uh, get onto the field. Okay. Fair Battle enough. axe or the That's same damage. <laughs> I would say uh, for you, Gorak, they are what's, your, what's higher? Your they're twenty feet. My dex is my strength is actually higher. Then I would use your battle axe. Well the is it a, yeah, yeah, it would be. You're proficient. Yeah. Well, they're on the deck, too. Yeah. Uh, they're about once 15 feet away from you. Um, Parda and Fareed, one of them is about 10 feet away from you, and one of them is 25 feet away from you. You're on the furthest side away from where they land. Oh, that is perfect. Because they really, they were like, fuck that. So I'm going to put as much of, much bodies between us and them as possible. Friendly fire, like, warnings. So careful so that was just like their boarding action they like did that for their movement did an (laughs) acrobatics check um now they're gonna take their individual turns first one that is closest to you gorak is going to attempt he's gonna move in really close Mm -hmm. he's screaming in sahagan swahili and he's gonna go for a double longsword attack would a 14 break ac nope no <laughs> that one definitely doesn't. So the first Sagan like comes at you. I like to imagine you're very much like Gimli in this instance. You just take the crook of your axe and catch their blade and just spin it around mm-hmm. onto themselves. Maybe a little cocky, like, are you kidding me right now? You just rushed me like an Okay, sure. Is it wise to take on one that looks like me? <laughs> and then the second one tries it. My AC's 15 that helps. That one, no, they both, they both try, you just swing, kick, swing, kick, just keep them off you. They, 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 they're like, they're just rushing you at this point. You like, one, one of their drivers just got a orb through the chest, the other one got struck by lightning and speared. <laughs> okay, so the first one that attacked me, I'm going to use a bonus action to use Hunter's Mark. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really all it says to do. Sure. And then I'm going to basically take a swing with the axe. That definitely misses. What did you get? Seven. Mm. Although, let's say, was the... Did you roll a seven? I rolled a seven. So it would be seven plus, plus your, your strength mod plus proficiency. Uh, so let's see here. Fourteen, so plus two, three. So 
Seven plus oh. five. 13. It hits. Oh. So roll for damage. All right. Three, and then Hunter's Mark. Five. Plus your um, drink mod. Plus two. I wasn't keeping track. Sorry, I was looking at our uh, waveforms and everything else. Ten damage? Nice. And then I guess I'll take a second swing since... Do you have two attacks? Yeah, extra cool. attack. It's Do level it. five. That uh, Yeah, three plus... Nope. No, yeah, no, no, no. You're not Vareen. No. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't have like 50 things out of him. So the first one hits, second one obviously just scoot past. I can cast two spells in a turn. I didn't realize that. You can cast what? Two spells in a turn. Nice. Cool, cool. Nice. So the one who, uh, that's only the only two. The other two have died. The one who went first and the one who went last are. Yeah. All right. So that is going to bring about the next wave of people. We're gonna. What I'm gonna do is the, um, the four behind you are going to be engaging with first mates unless you guys want to break off and help the first mates and the deckhands fight them. Well, I'm kind of engaged in melee combat. Well, but I got the careful spell, so any of my AoE effects. I'm you about to say, I'm kind of engaged with two of them right now, so if anyone wants to help me. Yeah. Magic missile. I was about to say, is she close enough to help? Elementals. Oh, yeah. Do you really want to cast? Actually, I could see it. And she could ca- you just cast they water elementals. Water elementals. You could cast water with, elementals. With, yeah, I was going to say, just. Yeah. She could call, the, she could call say, air elementals, too. Let's say the air or ice air. ones that she's got. I think air would be the best. Yeah. Wow. So, um, Vareed, are you going to help Gorak with his, or are you going to help the crew? I thought there was one one more in front of No, there's yeah, there two was on one him. There, you said was 25 feet away from me. You didn't see what he was doing, though. They're both on him, actually. They both attacked him. They moved away from you guys and all went after him. There was only the two on your side. The other four are across the deck. Alright. So I am going to use my bonus action to summon my sword. So that I have my sword equipped. <laughs> cool. And, and then I'm going to move towards the ones that are engaged with the crew. I would say your standard move is 30 feet, right? Yep. I would say, I'm thinking about how big a ship is. I've never really been on one. Uh, about assume about 150 feet. Wide? Uh, long. No, no, we're talking about wide. Wide would be think, like think 20. Think that uh, the divinity. <clears throat> well, okay, sailing ships, you got to remember, they actually weren't really that big. Yeah. Although we're going with fantasy, so they could be bigger in this situation. I was going to say, I think, like, you should be able to cross the deck with your standard movement, at least for, like, what, like, the closest Sahagan in mm-hmm. this case. I was going to say, at best, it's 40 feet wide. At best. Yeah. Like the, at the widest point yeah. of the deck, it's for That's why I said this is fantasy, so we can assume it's probably a little bit bigger than yeah. actual sailing ships were. Yeah. Because actual sailing ships were scared tiny. Yeah. So here you go, Mac. All right. You are able to get in the face of one of them, and I'll even give you advantage because you're coming from its flank. Ooh. All right. <laughs> advantage on both of my attacks? Yeah. First attack is a crit. Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> just yep. just roll. How, how many dice do you roll on your dice again for a damage? A damage is 2d6 plus 8 is my total damage I do per swing. 
<laughs> so that's a plus four. Yeah. It's it's basically whatever it's uh or wait, plus eight, plus eight. Plus eight. My, my base damage for vent my sword vengeance is two D six plus three. Right. And then plus five damage for my strength mod. I'm trying to think right now. Mac, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. I almost just want to say you kill this guy because I just realized you roll an additional dice <laughs> worth of damage, which if your initial dice per attack is 2d6 plus 3, that's 4d6 plus 6 before mod. Yes. Now the question is, is this one of the two that I was engaged with? No, he's run across the board. Right, so. Yeah. So, I was about to ask, if he just killed the one with Hunter's Mark, I need to move it? No. Yeah. This is one completely unrelated. He, he's dead. You crit. Yeah, you have. To, this was your first attack. This guy's dead. He's fucked. Completely, one hundred percent, absolutely. It's like you literally just took the fire sword and went shunk. I, I actually, it's really dumb. I can imagine Vareed's method of combat has become very angry and violent. He's kind of gone. Everybody knows and hates the scene from The Force Awakens, but everyone knows the Kylo Ren saber tantrum. Mm-hmm. That's it's, basically for eating combat right now. Except not so much, but it's, more just like it's that anger and wrath. Except, I. The difference is this is focused anger. Focused anger. So imagine you know the sparks flying from all of him just going ham sandwich on an Imperial Star Destroyer's like door, and just concentrate that into the flame of a blade. As what I imagine, he's he goes up underneath, maybe the fifth rib and out through the second, engulfed, swathed in black flame, and he just fire everywhere. You just watch him cold, calculating, push aside first deck mates, and shove this sword straight through that Sahagan, and filleted it, baked it, and then burned it, in a movement so clean it could have been poetry. We need to find a theme song for Reed now, just whenever he does something cool like that. <laughs> something, something, Leroy Jenkins. Okay. <laughs> Was there a second nope. Sahagin nope. within nope. attack range? Not, not in your walking distance, unfortunately. Okay. In that case, I've used one melee attack. I can... Oh, God. Bonus oh, action. <laughs> He's used his bonus action. I have used my bonus action, actually. Mac. Yeah? You haven't used your free action yet. Oh, God. <laughs> how many actions does he get? Everyone gets a free action. I meant how many? Wait. He technically can stagger his attack actions. <laughs> <laughs> so I can use my free action to go move up to no, the next one? No, 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 no. Get fucked. That's a bonus action. You've already oh. used that. Fight me. Thank you. Use your... Talk him. Taunt him. Oh, oh taunt the... You, give me an intimidation check. You know, as the... As the ashes of one walking salmon fillet fall to the deck, call out the second one. Oh, I actually just pictured this. I cast tongues so you can do it in their own damn language. Actually, I almost pictured sort of this flourish, and then he Actually, just goes, bring me. <laughs> so, Vareed, give me an intimidation check. See if you can't get some aggro. He got an 11. 11, and that's a strength, <laughs> is 
16 plus my proficiency on intimidation checks. Okay, for cinematic flair. Oh yes, you, you like this Sahagan has a really long, almost uh, like coppery, rusty sword, and he's he's pulling a squabby off the fucking blade. <laughs> And he sees you, and he shouts something probably about your mother in Sahagan, and he rushes you. <laughs> because you're in the middle of an attack action, we're not going to consider this an attack of opportunity. You won't get advantage on this one, mm -hmm. but it's now in melee range. <laughs> Crit, please. Oh, oh no! no. Crit fail? Yeah. You had to say crit. <laughs> I just watched it sail into the bottom of that, like, no. Mm -hmm. Well, you taunted him, and now he's, <laughs> and now he's all like, okay, okay. Now, here's the thing. Vareed cannot be disarmed. <laughs> it's a thing. I can't say, oh, you lost your sword. Instead, Vareed just got maybe a little cocky. <laughs> Vareed, you are now in disadvantage in combat against this Sahagan. Okay. It's just, a like, you're just... The next attack rolls you make against it are going to be a disadvantage. So hopefully one of your teammates, literally right after this whole segment goes, will save your life. Because he's not going until, like, the very end. Parna! Or... Oh, no, 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 no ors. You, that's no, it, you're done. No, I was going to say action surge. <laughs> no. Okay. You yes. have to cast action surge. Do you really want disadvantage out of the way that bad? <laughs> I don't like that this thing survived. Yes. <laughs> he, he you know it's legal. He can technically cast it, and it would give him an extra action, which would allow him to attack twice. He enjoys being you want. <laughs> he enjoys way too much being the one hit wonder. <laughs> Go ahead. Has an surge, but you're at disadvantage, so the chances are weighed in my favor. Mm -hmm. And then he gets a twenty. All right. <laughs> but it doesn't count because it's whatever rolls the lowest. Exactly. All right. He's so just for my first attack. All right. So I rolled a seven oh, plus proficiency plus and strength. Ten. So that's a fifteen. Okay. So I got a fifteen. Go ahead. That's a five, dude. And but so that it'd be a thirteen. So you still a, hit. I You're still, good. You're good, dude. Yep. So first attack. Two, two, six. six. Three. Six plus three is nine. Plus eight is seventeen damage. Sick. Alright, my second attack. Nice. Is uh, nat fifteen, so so that would hit natural. But he still has to roll. No, I know, I know, I know. So Mac, as long as you roll a five or higher, you'll hit. Mm -hmm. Nat thirteen. Yeah, you're good. Okay. So roll for damage. I think actually just your bonus damage finishes this thing off. <laughs> and then another eighteen damage. So, once again, I must emphasize, <laughs> smoking fillet. Then you guys just hear in the most just like come at me bro just challenge like is that it? Is that all you scaly fucks have to offer? And then this, the Sahagan actually gives him what for? He's like holy shit this thing just rushed me like a linebacker. Okay. 
fuck you. Flame on, revs the engine a little bit, and then runs him through and puts him to cinders. Just completely and totally, like, gave it a fighting chance. This thing was smiling, and that was it. That was like, all right, vroom, no eyebrows, no head, no no nothing. You're done. One hit wonder. That's why fighters have action surge. I know. So, yeah, you guys just watch him. Just So, how many are left then? Uh, two, four. Two on him, and then two with the other side. He killed one pack by himself. How far apart are they, are they with those uh, four? You're, they're about in a 10-foot radius. He's got two on either side in front of him. They were. He's about 35 feet in front of you. you have are they all in a 20-foot radius? Yes, which means if you had a chance to hit teammates, he would definitely be... But I have careful spell, which means I can select up to my charisma on two people, instantly save from my spell. That's fine. I just figured I would just let you know that he okay. is in your line of fire. I know sorcerers are able to do cool shit like that. Mm-hmm. Totally okay with that. And if I am not mistaken, it is now the elf's turn. To it is. It shit. is definitely the elf's so turn. What does and the then Miss 20 over here. <laughs> so Parta! What's your game? Aerovental to begin with. And send him towards the first mate. You're going to send him across the deck? Yep. Okay. Cool. So your your main action, you cast your air elementals. Um, the one thing I do need to look at is the stats for your um, those particular ones. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that should be fine. I think this is fine. Uh, Sarah, that's what your elementals look like. What do they look like? They look um, like fog monsters. Yeah. Like walking cyclones. Dope. <laughs> Yep, and they're very strong in terrifying ways. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just peachy fuck. <laughs> I think this might be a little too high for what she's able to cast. I don't care. Okay. And, These and are the two legendary well, members of the Unlucky Caravan 13. And they, they technically hover. So, um, so you're going to... Does she have to roll to see if... Fuck no, she doesn't. It's a spell. She just does it. Like, we were doing spells so wrong. It's basically a, it happens unless it says otherwise. She doesn't have to roll to conjure them. She summons them. She beckons them from the skies. Oh, so it's only if it says, like, specifically... Make an attack spell. Otherwise, if it's an AoE, they just roll for the damage to save. That's why I fucking love Hunter's Mark. I know. It's great. So anyway, Sarah, you've now conjured two air elementals. I probably should only give you one for this thing's stats. But I'm gonna say, (laughs) you're the legendary elven princess. You summoned two. For the price of one, Grandma. Shout out to <laughs> TRG. Um, yeah, I actually have control of them right now because that's how it works. You basically the DM controls like how much I like I de- they deal is oh. how I believe it is. You you just tell me what you want them to do and I'll do it for you. Well, since I have two, opposite directions. So you're gonna have one go attack them. Mm-hmm. Sweet, and you're gonna have one do the other. So I'm going to have them. I'm curious if they have any special abilities. Oh my god. So Sarah might just goop these things right here, right now, in the most spectacular fashion possible. Gorak, you're in the middle of swing, swing, parry, parry, kick, parry, carry, kick, turn. You know, you're doing your little 
like chain step dance serenade with these things, showing them how a half orc dances. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you feel a very stiff breeze. And then you look around and it looks as though a literal cloud has swafted down in swirling vortex of terror with an endless void for a mouth. And it's speaking Orin, and you don't know what Orin means. You can't speak air, people. You don't know primordial. You don't know shit, but you know it's growling at you in breeze. And that's terrifying. So it just kind of, it can squeeze within an inch of itself. It all of a sudden just, and it moves within five feet. It's literally stuck between the two Sahagans, who are at this point curious why the cloud is on the ship. This is not fog. What is happening? Why is this fog? We're just literally about to attack each other like, What's going on? So this is perhaps the best thing ever. Um, it's going to use Whirlwind. <laughs> I need to do a saving. I just need to see if the Sagans do it. Oh, that's not even a d20. <laughs> Thank <laughs> God, it would have made it too. I've just rolled max on a d12. <gasps> yes! Oh, yes! They fail! I'm going to say they fail for dramatic purposes. One of them actually would have succeeded. The other one would not have, but for Claire. <gasps> oh, yeah. So 3d8 plus 2 bl- bludgeoning damage. Um, oh, and they're flung 20 feet away from the ele- elemental in a random direction. If the thrown object strikes an object such as a wall or floor, it takes an additional 1d6 bludgeoning damage for every 10 feet it was thrown. If the target is thrown at another creature, the creature must succeed on another DC 13 throw or take the same damage if you knocked prone. Um, so yeah, we're just going to see how hard this thing gets team rocketed, okay? <laughs> so that's a six. That's a one. So a seven, 10... 13? No, that's a 12. So each of them takes 12 damage. One of them is straight up chucked off the boat. Just straight up. It's he. I like to imagine he like throws up his cyclone fist and punches them. It's a little more comical that way for me instead of turning into a swirling vortex. One of them gets chucked straight off into the, the water. The other one, I'm going to say, goes into the main mast. <laughs> Just take an extra bit of damage. It does. It takes 2d6 worth of damage. Where is my d6? This concerns me. Oh, there it is. I had it in between the folds of my fingers. Three. Five. That's 19 damage. And it's knocked prone. It was knocked into the mast. Doesn't it going to fall down, too? I'm well, assuming it was not near the ground. Okay. Well, no, it, I mean, it would fall oh, into the ground, but it was, like, slow. <laughs> yeah. So, part of, um, it just, whoom. Elemental smash. So, now I have to do it again for the other ones. <laughs> this one I'm going to do a multi-attack on. This one, like, walks up to the closest one. And it does two slam attacks, and each slam attack does 2d8 plus 5. Wait. Wait. Let's see how the other elf does. So what do you want the other elemental to do? Stand by. But you already told it to attack. Defense? I guess we can have that one stay next to you. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Cool. All right. So there are two left? Mm-hmm. Uh, technically, there's three left and one taking a swim. 
<laughs> Alright, and how close are all three to each other? Uh, one of them's in the middle of the ship, about 20 feet away from I the I mean, others. how far? Are they all in a 20-foot radius? No, they are not. I would say from end to end, they're in a 40-foot cone, or a 40-foot radius. Alright, so From I, end to end to end, 40 Okay, feet. so I am going to burn. Burn? Burn, As long as he's not doing Moonbeam, I felt like if he was doing Moonbeam... Oh, I don't know Moonbeam. That's good, because I would have to rip somebody's shit apart. Amen. <laughs> My spell! My so I burn two points. What if I use Moonbeam? Two sorcery other? points, and I can make a spell attack. Uh, a spell that attacks a single person. I can basically copy it on She's another person. The, the two on the far um, side are close enough you could do that. It's the one in the middle that just got knocked. Well, no, I'm saying that I can cast my chromatic orb, and, and then basically it copy it into a second person. And then a third person, or just a second? A second person. Okay, so unless you be able they're to in a four-inch diameter from each other, which I highly fucking doubt. There's highly no, doubt. It's really not even feasible. And so you can hit the two on the far deck for sure. Yep. So you're gonna have to ten. They need to. Yeah, they're you're gonna have to make two two attack spells technically. Yep, and I have the plus seven because. So of... roll the two attack rolls to see if you break. Considering you're gonna be copying the spell, that's a nat twenty. I'm gonna say, considering you just rolled a nat twenty, guaranteed hit for both. I'll even a later roll. It's gonna be five d eight plus your mod. <laughs> because you you roll forty eight normally. Are you casting at the same level? That you did the last one? Yeah, this is basically starting so, my third spell slot. That's fine. So there you go. That's going to be 5d8 plus mod and whatever else you get. One. Easy. Seven. Good. Nine. Ten. Eleven. Twelve. Thirteen. Fourteen. Twenty. Twenty. And then your plus four is twenty-four? Yeah. And 24 acid damage to both of them. Beautiful. So, I have a way I could go about this that would be really awesome, just in a mind-numbing kind of way. Yeah? So, Parta, you, you do your tornado attack. You send one Sahagan into the drink. You send another one into the mast. And I'm going to... You might not have said it in-game, but I'm going to say... Why don't I let you get the others? And you like you like basically put your like air elemental on a leash. And I like to imagine that Quinris kind of takes like a slight bow and then starts creating like a little bit of acid from his hands. And he um what is the name of that sorcerer ability? Chromatic orb. No 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 not the spell, the ability. That that twin spell. spell. So you might hear him just like maybe the uh like an, addend an addendum version, like a slightly modified version of Chromatic Orb, uh, the spell enchantment, whatever, he words it as though he's casting it twice. Ooh. And then you see him cast it, and you watch one orb split into two, and as it hits, it just engulfs both of the heads of the Sahagans and just melts their skull down at the base of the neck. And it just... <laughs> Look at her. The royal bow. <laughs> As a matter of fact, hand behind the back. Of course, yeah, no. As you will. So, Gorak! The only Sahagan left 
just got masted. So if you want to go over and just give it an old coupe de Gracie, just feel free. So I have a feeling that's basically all I'm going to do. It's just like... So, yeah, no, uh, Chad, you... I'm sorry, Gorak, you have advantage on an attack roll against this masted uh, Sahagan. Come on. 14? That, hit, that hits naturally, so you don't even have to roll again. Yeah. So go ahead and roll your damage. Actually, you know Fuck what? It. No, roll it again for me. Humor me. What was it? It's a two. Which... See, so, okay, see, it thought of the two. It just didn't have the zero. So, yeah, you hit. <laughs> Sorry, I was really hoping if you rolled the second one, it would have been a crit. It just, it well, there's kind of no... I was about to say, I could move Hunter's Mark, but it's like, this thing's almost dead anyway, so... I never said it wasn't the one with Hunter's Mark. I know, I said I haven't moved... Uh, yeah. So, yeah. It, you might need that extra D6. We don't know. It, it took a pretty big beat. Uh, seven... Plus six is or plus a d six. Eight. Eight. Plus your strength. Plus your strength mod. So ten. Yeah. Eleven. Eight plus two. Yeah, ten. Ten. Yeah, no, that firmly finishes it up. Is this gonna be a a crown splitter moment, or are you gonna like how are you gonna end this thing? I'm going to step over to where both my legs are over it and just go straight for the center of the head. Yeah, ground splitter. So, yeah, this orcish utilitarian battle axe, right in the middle of the head. Yeah, no, uh, you you firmly just split the wood, as you will. And the fine, viscous matter of the contents that were its cranium spill upon the deck, with the small gurgling of blood and fluid echoing from its throat chamber. And when you all weren't looking, Carter decided to, to take its eyeballs. <laughs> Fish is on the menu tonight, boys. <laughs> Definitely. Another one for my collection. All right, everybody. As, as you see one of the Sahagans limping, swimming underwater, you, you basically see like its rear fins going into the black deep, heading north. <laughs> limping away from the earth-shattering strike that the air elemental went. Part of you still have your air elementals, and they technically do stick around for a little bit, but if you like, you can just call them away. Maybe, perhaps you use their power to maybe get the ship back up to speed, considering they basically had like an all-hands stop to fight the Sahagans. Let's do it! So, it's ready. so you kind of get the winds back in the sails, going Everybody the right direction. Everybody might want to hang on if you don't get get back. And combat's done. Congratulations, guys. You did your first little minor combat that didn't even need to. I could probably put up like another 20 or two. <laughs> Yay. But at least we got to show off our fighting skills. Brandon is practically rocking a stiffy over how his sorcerer is playing. I well, he's basically replaced Shay as the second heavy hitter. Well, I mean, you, you, I think you've my, got the My max there. spell, I know that I can, I need 10d4. Oh, I know I have a bunch of modifiers I could add to my character. 10d4 at the start, and then at the end of the same turn, they get another 5d4 damage. Yeah. Plus my four modifiers, so yes. Yeah. yeah. I was just casting Hunter's Mark as a first level, which is just 1d6. Well, yeah. Uh, if I cast it I any higher, I'm... So I have Easy now. Careful and Twinned. I even yeah. run Quicken. So... 
My question, I posit as the third person omniscient viewer, Quinris, Gorak, are ye skeptical anymore of your fighting compatriots? Hell no. <laughs> Are you are you finally convinced that these? I'll, I'm convinced they're good. You're convinced they're good. You're still ah, not... but they're not maybe not part of Caravan Thirteen because he has yet to see more of the powers that. Well, it's not legend. As far as Gorak's <laughs> I assume concerned, they were just legends. But they're as far as Gorak's concerned, they've basically held up to the the spoken le- legends. The, the spoken legends. I can't wait to see their faces when I cast Moonbeam. Me either. I mean, you didn't conjure fire elementals. You conjured air elementals. Shame. No, but, but uh, she starts boat. floating in the air like, yeah, conjures fire elementals on the wooden boat. Boat starts <laughs> catching fire. <laughs> oh, I know. You know what? It, but it would have been such a season one part of thing to do to cast <laughs> fire elementals on a wooden boat. <laughs> it would have been great. But cast, cast water elementals in the boat just starts just. Sink. Yeah, that would have been so bad. We're gonna have to change the wooden deck out now because of all of the water damage. So, yeah. How does everybody feel? Everybody feeling good about the new episode? Think it was good? Character. Yeah. I think we're going to end it off here at a nice, clean two hours, 30 minutes-ish. No last final words from the captain of the first mate on what the hell they just saw? <laughs> they, you heard it. Fish is on the menu tonight, boys. <laughs> <laughs> and first dibs goes to the who the hell are you? <laughs> The first mate goes right up to Vareed. Who the hell are you guys? Caravan 13. 13. Thank you. Such pandering. No delivery at all. We'll work on your, <laughs> We'll work on your enthusiasm. But as you heard, that's it for the great return of Caravan 13. Thank you so much, you guys, for listening to this episode, which I hope went well. Cast table. Are we excited to be back? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This has been James the DM here to guide you into the wonderful world of Dungeons and Dragons. Take it away, cast. This is Chad saying good night. Sarah saying good night. This is Makana signing off. Brandon saying good night. Makana always the rebel. We hope to see you again <laughs> soon on Caravan 13. 13.